Russia has approved a coronavirus vaccine before they've completed all of their testing. Oh, I'm and sure that's safe and reliable. Yeah, well, I think, you, you know, I mean, I initially, my, that was my reaction, but I started thinking about it. I said, well, you know, you need to kind of strike a balance um, here because we do, you know, there's people dying otherwise. And so you got to say, well, you know, what are the basic risks of this vaccine? And of course, we've had vaccines that people took and then years later found out that they were having babies with, you know, birth defects and things. With that flippers. Were, Right, yes. that were that was horrible, um, but this vaccine is based on on vaccines that pre-exist that we have, like flu vaccines and stuff that you know, uh, and and vaccines that have been worked on for trying to fight the cold, the coronavirus. This particular virus is a novel virus, but the coronavirus itself is a virus that's been studied and is known, and so the the um, vaccine for it might not be necessarily as scary as as you know if say a whole new virus popped up that we had never seen the that kind of virus before um so i don't know i think you got to find a balance you know you got to say uh, you know and and it's not like you're forcing people to take them either you know you can people can be told here's here's the information now the question is is it in well, russia are in they russia, giving them the, are they giving true. them the information but uh you know um you you've got to say you know are you like if you're a nurse or doctor and you're a high risk of, of possibly getting infected with this stuff is are, are the possible side effects maybe worth it in order to avoid dying uh, because you're exposed to not only the virus but maybe heavy loads of the virus and maybe even some of the worst uh, strains of the virus because those are the people who end up in the hospital right so yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not going to knock them completely. I but... wouldn't trust it farther than I can spit, but I don't live yeah. in Russia, so I'm not yeah. getting it anyway. Yeah, so, um, yeah, you know, it's, uh, yeah, nah, more. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, we'll see. We'll see if it works. Yeah. You yeah. know. Time I, will tell. I, I'm very interested to see you know, we had these spikes after Memorial Weekend. So two weeks later, so Memorial, yeah, two weeks, two weeks and a month later, we had, we had spikes of uh, first people being sick and then people dying. And I wonder how much evening out there is that's, that's happening now. I mean, uh, you know, what was true two weeks ago may not be true now. What was true a month ago may not be true now as yeah. far as the numbers yeah. are concerned. It's like day so, by day changes. It does. It does. Yeah. As, as this as the uh, virus progresses and, and either takes a life or doesn't, um, you know, mm -hmm. and, uh, so I, I, I wonder how things are going. I know that the NCAA is going to be shutting things down. They're having those deep, you know, those, those, those conversations right now. And, yeah. um, you They're know, basically I hope backing kids, off of football, football anyway, for sure. Yes. I, I hope the kids don't lose their scholarships, you know, because this is out of their control too. Um, you know, that would be, be devastating for kids they'd have to leave school many of them because the their their athleticism is what's paying for college mm -hmm. so i hope that that doesn't happen you can go to um the johns hopkins website and they have a a chart america's reopening but have we flattened the curve and they show a curve for all 50 states to show and you how's which it ones look? 
which ones have started flattening and which ones have peaked. And all of them show like a big peak in the middle when everything went down. And then most of them have started dipping back down. But there are some, like California went up and now it's kind of plateauing. Uh, Utah went up and back down recently. Arizona went way up and back down recently. Most, most of the states are on a downward trend. So why California? This is what I don't understand because, you know, we can compare different states and Arizona was pretty well open and so was Utah. Yeah. And so, but California didn't reopen widely. You yeah. know, we still had restrictions, even though they were, they were looser, looser restrictions from before. It wasn't with the notable exception of the protests. We didn't have, you know, people just doing whatever they want, wherever they want. Right. right. And so I, I, well, I, if you look I, it's, at this... it's curious that it's that it's behaving this way. I, I don't know why. If you look at the spike, um, the United or uh, uh, the states across the United States, um, California had one of the smaller spikes, and this is based on cases per one hundred thousand people. So it's not total numbers; it's based on on per one hundred thousand, so that you can have an apples to apples comparison across states. Sure. Because you know Rhode Island's never going to have as many people sick as California because there's twelve people there. Um, but the, uh, California had a much smaller spike. I mean, literally half as high as New Jersey, New York, Arizona, Florida, I mean, Louisiana, much, much smaller spike. Um, and the, but the spike has sort of leveled. It doesn't, it's, it's slightly downward, but it really hasn't curved back down like some of the others. Um, and our spike is much, much later in the, in the, process you know from uh, they started tracking this the, the time frame in, the, in these little charts are from uh, January 22nd to August 10th and so you can see that you know currently we're sitting at a higher number than like states uh, New York and Connecticut and Maryland and Rhode Island um, but that uh, overall we're significantly lower because our chart um, you know, is we never spiked as high as they did ever. So when, where, when was our spike? So, um, so our spike, uh, it, the chart is really small, so it's hard for me to get exact. Let me see if I, okay, I clicked on it. So um, our spike, we started really climbing again. Uh, Mid-June-ish, we started climbing. Up to that point, we had stayed, um, I mean, we were on a, on a gradual climb, but it was very gradual. The curve had sort of been flattened. And then by uh, the end of June, we had had seen a fairly sharp rise, and that then tripled by uh, the end of July. So between June, end of June and the end of July, we saw a big spike, and then at the end of July, it started to drop back down, but it hasn't really leveled. It's just sort of been, you know, it, it had a, a chunk of a drop, and then it's been sort of even. So, so... So did New York have a similar spike uh, in June? Uh, no. So, and the reason why I'm asking that question, it seems to me that, you know, that New York, by it, by it just roaring through their population, and, you know, of course they had this incredibly high death toll. I think they're number two. New Jersey is the highest. Um, and... You know, they everybody who was going to die from it died from it essentially, and I know mm -hmm. that that's not true. That's kind of being a little. Um, yeah, but uh, you've kind of hypothesized this previously about saying that yes. those most likely to to catch it and have a bad case of it caught it and had a bad case of it. Yes. 
and that and the other people, I, I'd be interested to see what percentage of their population um, has had it and, and has recovered from it or showed no symptoms, symptoms and recovered from it because yeah. it seems that they've reached herd immunity. And that's essentially yeah. what I'm saying. It'd be nice to see if the, if, you know, if we had more access to um, uh, the, the antibody test to see if you've had it. Not that, yes. not that you have it, but it, if you have had it. Um, the other thing that I see on here is the only state that has two really distinctly different, really big spikes is Louisiana. They had oh. a really big spike in uh, early April, and then they went really, really low. And then they had a little bit more gradual, but an even bigger spike that hit, that started uh, towards the end of June and spiked through to the beginning of August, really. So sort of the end, end of June to the end of July, give or take a few days. Um, so, so the second wave seems to be sort of um, uh, June, July-ish is, is when everybody's really getting hit again and you see spikes. But most places either had the early spike or the later spike. Louisiana seems to be the only one that really had a big spike both times. So that, you know, it, that says to me that those protests, people being out you know, on mass um, was because that's the one thing we all have in common, right? Because different states had different policies about reopening, et cetera, and what, you know, what was allowed. Um, and so, mm-hmm. you know, I think that people being out on mass uh, was what caused the spikes nationwide. Yeah. Also says that the two locations where we're seeing um, it, it going up right now. We're seeing an upward trend instead of a leveling or slight downward trend. Hawaii and Puerto Rico. Oh. And they had oh. almost nothing earlier on. They, there was almost no spike earlier. So they, their their later spike, they're now hitting or later. And places that have not really had a spike at all. Um, New Hampshire, Maine, Washington State, Oregon has, has had almost no spike. Uh, very little bump in West Virginia. Now Washington State, they they had it early on. Um, a little bit of a bump, not much. I mean, I say not much, but but I mean like a ten, uh, uh, maybe a quarter to a uh, to a sixth, a fifth of what some of the other states have had. I mean, wow. They've they have yet they they've barely gone over. No, in fact, they have yet to go over. See if I get the right numbers here. Trying to slide my mouse back and forth to see it. Okay, so the, from these numbers, they have yet to go over a thousand cases uh, per hundred thousand, and uh, by comparison, at their peak, New York was like at eleven thousand cases per hundred thousand. Wow! You know, well, and, and I Ca- feel- California sitting at uh, right now, as of August 9th, nine thousand cases per hundred thousand. Okay, and Washington's never gone over a thousand. Oh wow! So, so it's you know it's nine times worse here than there. Um, you know Arizona is uh, peaked at, at four thousand cases per thousand, uh, but they have dipped back down to only eight hundred and twenty-three per hundred thousand right now. So they've they kind of spiked and have leveled. They've dropped back down significantly. It's not interesting. Yeah, I wonder it's why. a real interesting chart. I want to send you the link because it's it's actually really interesting information, and I love that they're doing it by uh, uh, 
per 100,000 so that you can compare locations and say, well, where's the, you know, where is the virus spiking right now? Yeah, but you, you ask a good question. Why? Why is it spiking in certain places and not in others? Um, you know, but you look at Hawaii and you say, well, okay, it's spiking now. It's up to 195 per 100,000. That's spiking for them because well, they've you, been they, they've been under 50 per 100,000 up until up until well, like a week ago. They're an island and they quarantine everybody for 2 weeks when they come on. Right. You know, and I imagine that Puerto Rico's doing the same. I also it 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 begs the question for me, are there is everyone counting the same way? Um yeah. and so, you know, I I and are we counting as a nation, are we counting our numbers the same way other nations are because um you know if we're counting differently then we really have no idea where we stand next to anybody else yeah and there has been some coordination now early on there was a lot of issues with that there's been some coordination now between the the state's um uh top health officials but uh amongst the states as to what constitutes um a case now um Especially as we've gotten more testing out there, it's no longer exhibiting symptoms or presumed to have died of this. They're actually right. testing to see if they, you know, have a viral load. And well, so and here's the thing: those if they die, better. Yeah, sorry, sorry. If they, if they, if they die of uh, while they have the the virus, do they die of the virus, right. or do they die of something else? Yeah. Well, and but the thing is, you can have the virus and have a very weakened system because of the virus, and then a heart attack that you might have survived otherwise could kill you. And they'll say, "Well, you died of the virus." Well, even though you died of a heart attack, but there is, you know, I mean, we are. But you a, got hit you know, by a car. Exactly, getting hit by a car is a different deal, I guess. You know, so yeah, yes, he had the virus, but he stepped out in the street. He was delirious. It was the virus. <laughs> That's you right. Know? And you're like, well. I don't know about that. <laughs> he stepped out in front of a city bus. Yeah. I think that's what killed him. Yeah. <laughs> he might have just been in New York going, we're walking here. That's right. We're walking here. That's a very famous line from uh, Midnight Cowboy, by the way. Oh. In this, in, I wondered in, where that came from. In New York City, uh, when you're filming, they don't allow you to shut the city down. So you just have to film in and around what's happening in the city. So... If you notice, a lot of things that are shot in New York City are very often shot in the wee hours of the morning because that's when there's not a ton of people around. They don't have to do crowd control so much. So in the scene in Midnight Cowboy, uh, John Voight and Dustin Hoffman were walking through a crosswalk and a cab like inched forward onto the thing. And Dustin Hoffman hit the hood of the cab and goes, we're walking here. And he, he did that just out of instinct. And then realized, oh, crap, we're filming. So he just went with it. And he kept doing it. And they kept it in the movie because it was so New York. It was. That, how very New York of them, yeah. of him. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, that was just his natural instinct. Just like, you know, this cab is, like, inching up onto the crosswalk as you're walking across. And he bangs on the hood and yells at him. We're walking here. Get out of it. Yeah. Awesome. Is Dennis Hoffman from New York? Because that's a very New York thing to do. Dustin Hoffman. Um, I'm so, I'm so, Dennis Hopper, Dustin Hoffman. Yeah, Sorry. that's right. Hopper and Hoffman, both icons. Hop, Hoffman's uh, with us. Hopper is no longer with us. Um, Dustin Hoffman. Uh, where is he from? I don't know that he's from New York, but I don't know that he's not. Yeah, I have no idea. I've never, I've never Born thought in Los to. Los Angeles. Never, 
Oh. Born in Los Angeles. He's 83 years old now. Is he really? Yeah. The graduate is 83? Yeah, hard to believe it, isn't it? I mean, yes. he's done so many iconic movies over the years. You know, All the President's Men, Tootsie, Rain Man, The Graduate, Midnight Cowboy, which we just talked about. He was one of the characters in Kung Fu Panda Man. Um, <laughs> you know, and then playing the parent, the, 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 the parents and grandparents in the, um, the Fokker movies. I mean, he's, you know, he's he's managed to stay go out there and going. I loved the interaction between him and um, and um, Barbara Streisand as the parents of uh, uh, Ben or um, Ben Stiller. Yeah, ben Stiller. Yeah, the, 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 those two characters they created as the old Jewish couple and they, they're just hilarious. Yes. Absolutely and they're kind of hippy dippy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She does like weird uh, uh, sexual counseling and, and yoga in the house, and they live in Florida, <laughs> you know. And it's just it's it, it, in this in this house that's like got a uh, like an Asian garden in the back, and you know, it's just it's it was just one of my favorite uh, uh, characters that he's played, even though probably not, not the best movie by a long shot. Um, but uh, yeah, iconic characters. Absolutely. I love the movie Papillon. I don't know if you ever saw that. It was 1973. No. It was based on a true story. It was Steve McQueen and Dustin Hoffman. And it was based on the true story of a thief named Papillon because it, in, in French that means um, butterfly. And he had a butterfly tattoo on his chest. And he got sent to a uh, prison camp in French... Indo no, French somewhere in South America, French Guiana, in the jungle, basically. And they basically wow. said, we, we don't have walls on our prison here because we're in the jungle and you will die if you try to sneak out. And and the guy basically spends his entire life trying to escape because he's sentenced to, to life. And and he meets his buddy in jail, is played by Dustin Hoffman, and they become friends. And it's just, it's a, it's a true story. It was also remade. The remake is okay. The original 1973 movie is amazing. Um, another movie you can watch during COVID if you're interested. Go find Papillon. I have I, I've heard of it, but I've never seen it. Apparently, there was a a remake made in yeah 2018. That's yeah, like you just said. Um, I uh, uh, it, it had some good characters. I mean, a good actors in it rather. Um, mm -hmm. uh, uh, yeah, I've never. I've honestly, I've never heard of it. I don't go to the movies often. I watch things at home, and now I want to watch the 1973 version. Right. Well, you know what? That's why I think you, when I started uh, coming on the show, in addition to tech stuff, you suggested I do this because you know that I watch lots of movies. So I'll throw in all kinds of yeah. weird stuff. Hello? We're, I'm weird here. stuff going there? on with uh, Skype. Yeah, I got a little thing that popped up on the screen that said, we're a poor connection reconnecting, and it made some weird noises, and... You're still there. That's weird. And I'm maybe, still here. Uh, maybe a cell tower fade here or there or something. Who knows? Uh, yep. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm at home now on my home Wi-Fi. So, mm -hmm. you know, maybe my Wi-Fi is cruddy. AT&T, you know, doesn't always have the best service. <laughs> uh, I'm just saying. Who knows? So... You know, uh, yeah. there was a parody of uh, Papillon done in 1974. Uh, it was an Italian film called Farfalon. And I, I, I'm really tempted to, to go see Farfalon or see if I can find Farfalon. 
just because that would be funny. Franco Fanchetti is Farfalot. Hmm. And you have to find it with subtitles because you don't speak Italian, do you? I do not. Uh, it's enough like Spanish I can figure out what's going on. <laughs> I know the story. I know the story. So, you know, uh, speaking of, but you'll miss the jokes because it's Yeah, I was going to say, and a, and, a, and a comedy would probably be the worst thing to have to walk, to yes. listen to it in a, in a, you know, you can kind of get what's going on in dramas and, you know, but a comedy, you're going to miss all the, the jokes. And, and it's funny how many and how much comedy are, are really localized to the society that's making the, the comedy. You know, yes. That, that things that are funny to somebody who's Italian. It aren't funny to somebody who's maybe French or German or American or, or Spanish because there are certain aspects of the language that you can make fun of that, you know, if you don't know the language or it's not your first language, you don't get. Um, and there's a lot of jokes that are just jokes about social interactions and stuff. And there's enough difference between the way we interact, you know, that it sometimes doesn't work. Yep. Unless you stick to like, you know, jokes between parents and children and stuff because that's pretty much universal. <laughs> That's very, very true. So the Daily Wire is reporting that um, uh, New York Governor uh, Andrew Cuomo, and they have a pretty ferocious picture of him, Andrew Cuomo is saying that um, that, he, that in his state, in New York, the, the numbers of deaths in nursing homes from COVID may be far higher than what has been reported um, due to the way the statistics were gathered and counted. New York's, this is a quote, New York's coronavirus death toll in nursing homes already among the highest in the nation could actually be a significant undercount. This is according to the AP. Unlike every other state with major outbreaks, New York only counts residents who died on nursing home property and not those who were transported to hospitals and died there. Again, down to the counting. But they still died of COVID. So, right. Um, so they'll still be in the total COVID numbers. They just won't but, be in the numbers that died in nursing homes or caught it in nursing homes, I guess, right? Yes. So the AP gave one example. Um, apparently, there's a, a Riverdale nursing home in the Bronx. Um, according to the AP, on paper, the nursing home only reported a total of four deaths um, uh, from coronavirus from its 150-bed facility. However, the true number is 21, most of whom were transported out of the facility to die in hospitals. Um, or they, they yeah, but transported... I sense that those numbers, I mean, you know, what do you, what do you expect them to do? They didn't die here, so they're not going to say they did. I mean... Uh, yeah, but, but it, it speaks to the lack of congruity and or congruence in counting. I know that they're still being counted in the overall number, but you know, it, it begs, it then leads you to believe, okay, what else is not being counted yeah. quite well, right? Or that, that, that nursing homes are safer than they really are. Right. You know? And so if you've right. got, you might have a family member who's in a nursing home that you would say, ah, oh, they're probably safe. The numbers aren't very high. And then you find out that, that, that actually, you know, five times that number of people died there and you're going like, well, crap, if I'd have known that, I'd have brought them home. Exactly. You know? um, exactly. And, you know, we'll take care of them here. It's not like we're going anywhere anyway. You know, normally we're out at work every day and so we can't take care of grandma. Um, Got to think there's a lot of people that unless they actually need hospital, you know, I mean, they need um, nursing. nursing care on an on ongoing basis throughout the day, that there's a lot of people who might consider that because it's like, 
that's the issue is, you know, normally you're not there to take care of them. You don't have the time and the ability to do that. But, you know, if you're home all the time anyway, you can, you know, there a, a an elderly parent at home is not going to be any more difficult than a, um, at least a, a moderately healthy elderly parent at home. It's not going to be any more difficult than, you know, having children at home. Yes, it's true. So another group of numbers that's being reported by the Associated Press um, the state health department surveys show 21,000 nursing home beds are lying empty this year. That's 13,000 more than expected, an increase of almost double uh, the official state nursing home death tally. Uh, while some of that increase can be attributed to fewer new admissions as people decide to keep grandma home uh, with that. Right. I, thought I was going to say how many of the people are doing exactly what we said, which is stay away. <laughs> yes. But that also suggests that many others who aren't there anymore, that they're di- they died, and that's why they're not there anymore. So um, I, I don't know. This, I mean, it, it, is, it is certainly interesting. If I lived in New York, it's certainly information that I would uh-huh. want um, yeah. if I was dealing with, a, with a, an, a parent who needed skilled nursing or some other kind of round-the-clock care. Um, but, Depends I mean, if they you're all... a half-full or half-empty kind of person, right? Yeah, indeed. How do you look yes, at the glass? Well, yes. Well, <laughs> I tend to be a half-empty kind of person. I'm just going to be honest. I'm the smart aleck who says it's half-filled with air and half-filled with water. The glass is always full. But that's me. <laughs> uh, yes. And that leaves everybody annoyed. So, you know. Yeah, exactly. I, I basically irritate everybody around me. With facts. It's factual. Come on. <laughs> so... um yeah. The metaphorical anyway, glass I, in a I, vacuum. <laughs> I'm now sorry. Half, I said the metaphorical glass in a vacuum. Is it half empty or half full? <laughs> right. It's in a vacuum, so there is yeah. no air. Now, what do you say, smart guy? And why would you put a glass in a vacuum? Exactly. Like vacuums are for cleaning the floor. Come on. Yes. But I'm bum. So, have you heard about this um, uh, this oil spill on the coast of Mauritius? In Africa? I don't know where Mauritius is. Do you know where Seychelles is? Next to Mauritius? Yes. Do you know where Madagascar is? I do know where Madagascar is. So and, it's kind of yeah. in the vicinity. It's in that neighborhood. Yeah, you hang a northeast from South Africa and you hit Madagascar. <laughs> so um, apparently there was this, uh, this oil tanker that ran aground and it's spilling... Um, uh, well, right now, t- t- 2,500 tons of oil has uh, spilled. And this is from a Japanese tanker that, that ran aground in um, or hit something uh, in late July. So emergency volunteers uh, are using um, hair. So people in Mauritius are cutting their hair. Then it's being stuffed into old stockings, plastic bottles, and sugarcane leaves um, to make oil-containing booms. So hair absorbs the oil, but not the water, which that was, that's clever that they're, you know, uh-huh. but, um, um, anyway, it's, uh, it's, it's just a devastating, they've cl- declared a, a, a state of econ- or environmental emergency. Um, uh-huh. you know, this is, it's really, really bad. Scientists have long suggested using hair to clean oil spills. Um, and, uh, as hair is a natural bioabsorbent. It's been shown to absorb three to nine times its weight in oil. Your hair only, your hair gets oily and greasy. The oil basically is stuck to the hair fibers. 
Um, and so makes for a clever, interesting way to uh, mm. to clean up that oil. So, so maybe there's a bunch can... of bald people in. And, see, I always called it Maritas. That's why I didn't. I'd never heard it called Mauritius because I don't know how to pronounce it because I don't. Well, speak. I, I, I think it's a French I, colony previously, right? Yes, and I just call it Mauritius because I don't know what else to call it. So, oh, that's so what we're I not sure it. you're right either. <laughs> so yeah. let's let's let I'm the capital go is Port Louis, and they are due east of Madagascar. It's about thirty miles long and twenty miles wide, by the way. Uh, Seychelles is seven hundred fifty miles away to the north. So Seychelles is my bucket list dream vacation. Really? Yes, pull up pictures of it. It is exquisitely beautiful. The Seychelles are even smaller. They're only 15 miles wide and about five, or 15 miles long, about five miles wide, their main island. I actually met a guy from Seychelles and he was the happiest guy I'd ever met. I'm like, what are you doing here? Yeah. He's happy because <laughs> he left, left Seychelles. <laughs> you left, yeah, you left paradise to come yeah. here. He goes, yeah, well, there's no work there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. So. It's paradise and we sit around going, wish we had something to do. Wish we had something to eat. <laughs> yeah. Food would be good about now. Well, you're living on an island. Go fishing. Come on. Exactly. So I'm going to, I'm going to pull up how yeah. you pronounce Mauritius. Mauritius. The island didn't... of Mauritius. It's Mauritius. Mauritius. Okay. Mauritius. Good for supposed... both of us to know. Yes. They, uh, by the way, it's be between Mauritius and Madagascar is an island about the same size called Reunion. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh. Reunion. And uh, their capital is St. Denis. There's a St. Denis? Or St. Yeah, D-E-N-I-S. Dennis usually has two N's, though, So, but I'm assuming it's St. Dennis. Yeah, Saint... I, it's probably French, so... Yeah, but it's um, it's maybe 50 miles away from uh, Mauritius, between Mauritius and uh, Madagascar. And so there's an island reunion there, too. And I don't know if it's part of the same, like, country, or they... I don't know anything about Reunion Island. Well, I'm Googling it now. Is Mauritius a standalone country? Yes, Mauritius is a standalone country. So Reunion is uh, is a French department in the Indian Ocean. It's known for its volcanic rainforested interior, coral reefs, and beaches. Its most iconic landmark is Piton de la Fournaise, a climbable active volcano. So it is it is French. Uh huh. And it's still basically French. That's interesting. It, yes. Yes. Whereas the other a lot of the other French colonies in the area are no longer. French, they are independent, such as Mauritius. Yes. But there's a yes. lot of people who speak French there. I mean, the uh, in Malawi, which is on the mainland due east of there, uh, they still speak a lot of French. Yes, I learned recently, I thought Mozambique was a French-speaking uh, country. It's actually not. They speak Portuguese in uh, oh, that's Mozambique. Funny. Given, given the name, you would think, because it sounds French, right? Like yeah, it does. Dominique, uh, Mozambique. Yes. Yes. I was, I was, I was very surprised. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's interesting. Who wouldn't, who knew? Who knew? What you, what you can learn by going back and forth between maps and Wikipedia. <laughs> well, you know, I've had a real interest since we've been hosting these two girls from Mali. I've had a real interest in, um, in, in Africa and it's fascinating. Mm -hmm. um, uh, also French know. speaking. Yes, yeah, M much of West Africa is French speaking, French speaking, with the notable uh, exception of Nigeria and Ghana. Um, I think 
um, and maybe Liberia. Um, I think pretty much everywhere uh, they speak French. Uh, one of the Guineas, I think they speak uh, Portuguese, but like Mauritania, Algeria, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They speak probably French and um, Arabic. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, very interesting. Very, very interesting. So I think we are, nope, we're not quite out of time yet. Yeah, we can keep, <laughs> we can keep on walking or if you're done, we're done. You know, I mean, hey, there's no rules. We're not, we don't have a hard out on like we do on radio. We That's can right. talk or not talk as much as we want. <laughs> or as little as we so, want. That's right. So we had an Africa lesson. I hope you you all found it engaging. And I don't know yeah. that what was not in the what was not Welcome in the to article. geography today. Exactly. 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 That's so funny. Um, what was not in the article is if you can donate hair, because it would seem to me that people all over the world would want to donate hair. And so I will do some thing. research. Yeah, yeah. But, it, you know, if you can if you find a about... way to send hair to uh, Mauritius. 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 You know, to the, the islands. You know, I yeah, I think that I think we should. I just, just got my hair cut, otherwise I would. They basically want to a giant hair clog, drain clog in the ocean <laughs> no, to, protect, to protect themselves wanna... from oil. <laughs> they want to get it clean. They want to clean up their ecosystem as this Japanese tanker, you know, leaks yeah. oil all over the place. Why isn't Japan donating hair? Right? They should be. If a tanker... Uh, uh, busts and dumps oil everywhere. Everybody on board should be shaved so that we can use their hair. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not like it's always their fault, right? The guy who owns the boat or the ship or the company that owns the ship probably is at fault as much as anything. But you never know. Could be could be the captain. Shave his head. Yeah, I think they're going to need more than the hair from one person. Yeah, probably. I wonder how much hair to the gallon of oil you need. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I just Googled and it, and there's, there's, no, there's no way for Americans that I can find have, Are we going to have donate. a giant hair clog floating around the ocean for the next 30 years? <laughs> That's the hair doesn't... so disgusting. Uh, can you imagine, though? Because, I mean, how, how long does it take for that hair to break down in salt water and, you know, in sun? And is it going to sink to the bottom of the ocean and someday we're going to have a guy in one of those deep submersibles going in the Marianas Trench going, I'm not sure what it is. It looks like a strange form of life. Let's get a sample. We go up to it and we pull it back. Oh, it's hair. It's human hair. It's a hair okay. oil clump. I wonder if they could then pull it out, yeah, put it on I, a barge, and then let it dry and then set it on fire because it's full of oil. By the way, they have the, one of the best names for a city or a town ever in... Uh, uh, Mauritius. Pamplemousses. 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 Isn't that Pamp pineapple? Pamplum Isn't a pamplemousse a pineapple? It's pamplemousses. So it's pineapples. Yes. Isn't that awesome? Pamplemousses. That's awesome. They probably have live? pineapples I in, there. I live in pamplemousses. <laughs> Is it under the sea? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's on top of the sea, about uh, two miles from Terre Rouge. <laughs> That would be Red Earth. Yeah, they got Terra Rouge, Pamplemousses, and Port Louis. That's Louis's port. <laughs> yes, port. And I'm pro is it Port Louis or is it Port Louis? Probably Louis. Not Louise, Louis. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> I know. We're having just way too much fun with geography today, aren't we? <laughs> this is what nerds do. Yeah. 
Grand Riviere Noire, the Grand Black River. Um, yeah, ew. Does it have black mold? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Black River Gorge Visitor Center, so it's called the Black River, and there's a gorge. I wonder if it's gorgeous. It actually looks gorgeous even from the satellite view. So, I don't know. Maybe someday we'll get to visit Pamplemousses and Port Louis. (laughs) uh, On our way to Seychelles. Yeah. They've got an island. Oh, they've got an airport. Hey, they got a nice airport. Uh, I'm going to guess that Air France and then maybe an Indian airline are the only airlines that fly there. Yeah, they've got to have something like that. I mean, you you figure that they're basically sort of in the Indian Ocean, due south of, I mean, a thousand miles due south of, like, United Arab Emirates. Um, it's a big place. People don't realize how big Africa is. I think people look at maps and they think Africa is basically, like, the same size as um, uh, South America or North America. You know, you could fit the entirety of the United States and Australia in the borders of Africa, within those yeah. square miles of Africa. A- Africa's huge. It's ginormous. And with hundreds of languages spoken, um, uh, there's tremendous diversity there. There's yeah. tremendous diversity there. Um, we tend to think of, of Africa as being monolithic, and it's not, yeah. not at all. Online, you can find a picture of, like, Texas in Africa. And you put Texas in the middle of Africa, and it looks like a postage stamp. Yep. You know? Or yep. put put Texas on top of India. You think Texas is big until you put it on top of, like, India. And you go like, huh. <laughs> it's not so big. Um, yep. Yeah. Yeah. The scale of things is, is you know. You, I, I was watching a science show the other day, Nerd. And they did, I know we're almost out of time, but they showed a marble and they said, okay, so you set this marble on the sidewalk and uh, about uh, uh, eight feet away would be the earth or six feet away and the earth would be the size of a pinprick. The next star, the next star would be the difference between New York and Washington, D.C. The next star after that would be the difference between New York and and Rio de Janeiro. Oh, wow. That gives you an idea how far things are in space. And that's just between stars in our galaxy. And there's millions of stars in our galaxy. Then think about the distance between galaxies. And it's nuts. The distance between, like if that was the case, the distance between our star and our galaxy, the next galaxy would be like Pluto. Wow. It's insane. The the, the amount of space in space when you start thinking about it, is just beyond belief. Space is full of space. (laughs) It is. And with that, we're at the end of our show for today. We are. It is over. I'm so sorry that you're all going to have to leave us, but we'll be back tomorrow again. We will. At 7 a.m., give or take. And streaming is now streaming, so you can catch us on Back to the Brink.live. If you're listening to the podcast and you want to listen live, we are on at 7 o'clock Pacific and 2, 2 o'clock in the afternoon UTC, Universal Coordinated Time. So <laughs> for those of you Otherwise known as Greenwich Mean Time. Other places, yeah, but they don't say that anymore. They now say I UTC. Know. So, And, you know, why is it always mean time? Why can't it be like pleasant time? Greenwich Pleasant Time. <laughs> I think it... Our, our, our. <laughs> yeah. yeah on that on. happy note... <laughs> I'm Erin Brinker. Brinker. <laughs> and I'm Todd Brinker. Thanks Have for joining day, us everybody. today. Bye.
Thank you.